Today on Anatomy of a Movie, Bridget Jones is back with plus one and maybe two potential baby daddies. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Popcorn Talk Network. Today on Anatomy of a Movie, we are talking Bridget Jones's Baby. So exciting. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. I love this series. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. Joining me, I have... Hi, Stephanie Wanger. Good to be back with you. And where can everyone follow you? Um, at Stephanie Wanger. Excellent. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. Bridget Jones's Baby. It's been... More than a decade since the last one. The third installment of this this series. I'm really excited. I've always been a fan of the Bridget Jones movies. How about you? Uh, yeah, I was definitely a fan. It's been a while since I've seen it, but like I was in. As soon as I heard they were making the third, I, w- I wanted to see it. I was like, it's been a while. I think about 11 years since the last one. So yeah. crazy to think that it took that long, but I think worth it in a lot of ways. It definitely felt... Like, it was part of the trilogy. They didn't take it too far from the originals. Oh, yeah, and I felt like the tone was very much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I loved was that, yes, it did take a while, but it's very fitting that it, the trilogy, the third movie comes out this year, where a movie full of sequels, you yeah. know, and just this time in general, that every movie that comes out is basically a sequel built on a franchise or something else. Um, but... I really enjoyed it, and I was really looking forward to just the return of Renee Zellweger. Yeah, because she took a break from the industry for a bit, and um, yeah, it's good to see her back. I think this is her first. She's filmed two other films as well, so we'll see those in 2017, and that'll be exciting as well. I think it's always fun for somebody to come back to a character they know, but I'm interested to see what kind of this next phase of her career is going to be. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to, you know, just see her back in full force again. Um, good for her that she took a break off because she had such a great career. And she, I mean, she still has a great career, um, but it's good that she took a moment to breathe. Yeah, and I saw her uh, doing press for this inter- for this movie, uh, and she did an interview, I think, on Live with Kelly and talked about how uh, she was able to take college classes and yeah. really, like, kind of get outside the industry. And I-, I think sometimes it's really nice to take a break for a moment and then come back with a movie like this that has been successful. And I, I think overall, from what I'm hearing, people are really enjoying it, too. Yeah, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. When you were watching this film, was it everything you expected it to be in this franchise? Yeah, I love that they kept kind of, I think I said it to you, it's like a light and fluffy movie. Mm -hmm. And like, it's not meant to be something where you're like, Oh, it's like dark and deep. It's it's fun and like very relatable. And I think as I've gotten older, because when the first movies came out, obviously I was quite a bit younger. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I can relate to some of the things that she's going through, even though she's still older than me. But like, it's definitely more relatable now that I'm an adult. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I think that's just the great character of Bridget Jones itself. You know, when it started back in. 2001 can you believe that wow time flies but just the character Bridget is relatable she's insecure she she has all these relationship problems woman problems that I think a lot of people can just relate to and 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 she's filled of like yes insecurities but also imperfections and that's what makes her real. I agree with you. And I think that it's interesting. Uh, they kind of took something that was so beloved in 2001 and kept that tone but made it really, um, like, a lot of the issues she's dealing with are things that women are dealing with every day in 2016. So mm-hmm. you had things at work. You have her relationships, and obviously Bridget Jones's baby, lots of relationship drama to be had. Oh, yes. um, and then she, you have female friendships, so it's really nice. She's kind of a whole character, which you don't always get in films, like a, a woman who you're seeing kind of all the aspects of her life, her family life, all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think the great thing about this character is that, yes, we've seen her in two other movies, but she's still evolved in some way every single movie. And she, she even grew a lot in this film, too, which um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about that. But let's talk about the development of the third film. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. It, there was a big hiatus in between the second one. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Which is Bridget Jones, Edge of Reason, and this one. But, you know, this series of Bridget Jones is actually based on the book series by Helen Fielding. Did you ever read the books? I didn't, unfortunately. Did you have the chance to? I did not, but... uh, it's, it's very well-received. People are big fans of those books, and I believe there's, like, six to eight books. Don't quote me <laughs> there. I'm not really good with numbers, but there's a good handful of books. What I thought was interesting was, I guess, how this third movie deviates from the books, because um, you have one of the lead characters who, a different lead character, I guess, mm-hmm. is dead um, in the books, where on this one we see that Hugh Grant's character, um, you kind of start the film where she's at a funeral um, for... For Daniel Cleaver. Yeah, for Daniel Cleaver. And, uh, but we'll get into the later parts of the film, but yeah, Yeah. that's kind of where it started, and I think that that's an interesting place to to be, Um, and it doesn't follow the book series. Yeah, and I like that because this... The third book of the book series is actually called uh, Bridget Jones's. It, it, it's, I'm sorry, I'm reading my notes. Bridget Jones Mad About the Boy. That's the third book. Yeah. And people were wondering if the third film would reflect the third book, and it's not. It's the film actually reflects the 2005, the 2006 newspaper columns yeah. of Helen Fielding's. So it go, it's based off of the the writing little snippets that she did rather than the book. Yeah, which I think is cool. Like, I always think, like, I want things to stay true to the original works, but this is the third movie, and I think that they've earned the right to have a little bit of creative freedom, so mm-hmm. go with it. And uh, I, I thought that this was a perfect... I know that it's it came out in September, but it's a really great summer blockbuster. Like, to me, that it felt more like I wanted it in, like, June, and just, like, silly, fun summer movie. It, it is does feel like a summer flick because even the first film, that was more of a Christmas time. It started mm-hmm. on Christmas in those Christmas parties and ended on Christmas, always in the snow and stuff. And But, like, I liked that all the Bridget Jones films just kind of carry you throughout the year because you're pretty much following Bridget around in her life and over the course of months. Yeah. So it can take you throughout the year. In this particular film, about nine months. and then, About nine months. Yeah. <laughs> Give or take one. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. how long pregnancies go? Yeah. Round four? Yeah. Uh, yes, the, so the writing based on Helen Fielding, you, she actually helped adapt, you know, the screenwriting um, for this. Dan Mazur and M- Emma Thompson. That was a surprise to me, actually. Yeah. I always think of Emma Thompson, and maybe this is my own naivete, but like... Uh, as being primarily an actress. I, I didn't think of her as necessarily a writer, especially of this type of, of film. So it was interesting to me that she uh, worked on the script. Yeah, I found it a nice surprise as well, too, because I just know her as the amazing actress that she is. And apparently the, another reason why this film took a while to get made was that the writing drafts um, weren't as solid, and it went through many revisions. To the point where they even hired Emma Thompson to pretty much help come in and redraft a lot of things and work things around. Yeah, I mean, from what we, our research, it looked like there were at least three to four major draft revisions that happened or story revisions, really, because uh, people kind of came and left in the process of development. Um, One of the director, Paul Feig, who you know from Ghostbusters, uh, was attached to the project for a while. He left. Um, but I think that this is one of those movies that may have actually benefited from all those rewrites. Sometimes you see a movie and it's overworked, and this didn't feel like an overworked. This felt like this was the story that should be told, especially with this time gap. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what's been told of how Emma Thompson contributed is that she helped more so, like, ground the character of Bridget because... From the earlier revisions about like everything that was happening around her, 
but Emma came in and helped like make it more focused on Bridget's life and how that reflected on everything else, not everything reflecting on her. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that you start the film around her 43rd birthday and you you take it from there and you 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 get I felt like when she's sitting with the cupcake at the beginning of the film, you know exactly where her life is. Like that one image is all you need to understand what's going on. And then of course you have that she's now a news producer, this and that, all these things going on, but for me that told me where the character was. And I think that that's a really powerful thing to be able to say in one image. Absolutely. And I liked how it started off on her birthday cupcake because that's how Bridget Jones' diary starts off. Mm-hmm. Just like even in the credits are rolling in the first one and she's singing by herself and she's lonely and I love that scene so much it's so funny. Um but to show that her character is still kind of in that same spot, but she's just older, a little bit more mature, and um, more knowledgeable of the world, but she's still stuck in some way. I, I like that the audience automatically goes right back in and we knew where she is. Yeah, speaking of the diary, I do have to say that I loved the update of the diary from <laughs> yes. handwritten to iPad. Hilarious and amazing, but... Like, the way people write now. like It is. And that was actually one of the key updates of this film. Because, yes, technology has evolved so much since the last film. And the director, um, Sharon McGuire, with the producers, they even mentioned themselves you know, in meetings and whatnot between those two, or, like, between everybody, that they said, like, how do people diarize themselves and they're like everything's either blogs or computers or tablets it's more like computer where they type right. out everything and i think handwritten diaries i think actually sad. it would have been hilarious just like it, it's not necessary but just funny to have her have a blog where she was like sharing <laughs> some of her own thoughts because i feel like everybody has a blog now <laughs> oh yeah i mean so, i don't have a blog i'm not sure about you but, yeah, um, but, but I mean, so many people do. Yeah. So, and especially for being a character who's, like, so newsworthy and, like, she's in that industry of, like, constantly being on the updates of just what's going on in the world. It definitely makes sense that she'd upgrade to an iPad. Yeah. And even that element, they're like, okay, because she's on an iPad slash computer, there'd be a lot of typos. Yeah. So when you're watching the film, that's why you saw... Um, when Bridget's, like, writing down her thoughts and stuff, there's a lot of purposeful typos in it. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, they again, they're really into making it, I don't want to call it realistic, because I, I think that it's, but relatable. I, I keep going back to that word, relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed, it's a very simple concept of this film, and I think that's what Bridget Jones' series does so well, is that we understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's not overly convoluted and it's not a mystery it's it's just a fun romantic comedy and i think what that this hasn't been in the marketplace in a while these like fun light romantic comedies Mm -hmm. that's not where movies are right now as you mentioned earlier lots of sequels lots of big franchises though not that this is not now a big franchise but when it started a romantic comedy at its heart and i think that they've really kept that heart going absolutely and the the heart of this movie of course, is Renee Zellweger with Bridget Jones' character herself. Uh, what do we think? Let's talk about Bridget Jones now being 43. being She has a very success, successful career as a news producer. But yes, and, yes and no, because she is almost, like, she gets in trouble at work, too. Oh, all the time, and I think that's just one of the running themes with her is that she's always getting or she's always doing the wrong things at work yeah which kind of reflect her personal life too but uh, I loved the just the idea that even her workplace is getting antiquated because things do evolve so much and the news isn't as exciting anymore and then we have this whole team come in and try to revamp it what did you think of that fun team it's so funny because, um, yeah, the team was, like, you just feel like they want to hashtag everything. Like, super millennial. Oh, like so millennial. So millennial. Not to, like, 
stereotype, but that's a hundred percent. That's what they were essentially trying to get at was that it was like she was too old to be in this environment. And it's funny. Uh, this movie definitely made me think of a class I took in college: it, the image of the journalist in pop culture and how much that's evolving all the time. And with this like millennial, I just and I love that they were just like we don't care about like all this like hard news. We just want like fun, light, like. Like videos, yeah, pictures. We don't care about the truth. Don't worry about it. Not exactly the journalistic ethics you want, but okay. Exactly. It's like what's hit nowadays? Videos on YouTube, not the r- real stuff that's happening out on the streets, right it, outside. You yeah. Know? And and for this, I had to just like laugh and shake my head because that is what the world is like now. It's like we still want to know what's really going on in the world. That hard journalism, yeah. but. What makes it interesting is like the the more interactive space that technology allows us to do. Absolutely, I, I agree with you entirely about that, and I think that that's the way journalism is moving with all the social media and Facebook Live and all of that. But uh, going back to the movie, I I felt bad for Bridget Jones. It was like the world was passing her by in a lot of ways, and she had to figure out a way to to circle back. Even like she goes to a music festival and she's like in a very chic outfit. Like I liked her outfit, but it just was like super not appropriate for uh, a music festival. Her friend surprises her. And it was just like at the beginning of the movie, she's a fish out of water. Oh, absolutely. And like, I loved how she had to wear the brightest, whitest outfit when you're going outside in a very dirty venue (laughs) venue and, um, Definitely not prepared for that, and I, I liked how, yes, what you said, fish out of water, but just the fact that she's going out and trying, yeah. and she's trying to have fun, um, but like just trying to be hip is so not her thing. Also, I want to mention one of my favorite cameos in the movie, which was Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Um, so she, again, trying to be hip, getting out there, she's like in this, like it looked like VIP tent of a music festival, and she... It's like, oh, take our picture. And Ed Sheeran's like, okay, with with him, of course. He's a major star. And uh, nope. no, no. Nope. Uh, she And she's like, I just want it like, with my friend. And it's, again, like that trying to be hip but not realizing who you're in front of. <laughs> yeah. Um, but amazing job. I always love Ed Sheeran concerts, so we got a snip of that as well, which was so fun to see. I liked it. Um, I'm a big fan of Ed Sheeran. His music is fantastic. And so it, he was a nice surprise to show up. Yeah. And I, I think it just reflects who her character is still not up to date with <laughs> pop culture. Yeah, um, very, very true to her character. Um, I did like that. But Renee Zellweger coming back after all these years, back to a familiar role, which she said in a lot of her interviews. But what did you think of Renee's performance in Bridget of this film? So it felt to me like normally when there's a gap like this, we've talked about even like Finding Dory or films where there's been a large gap between mm-hmm. between movies. Um, it, it, you often feel that gap. And this felt like it could be three years. I mean, obviously she's aged more than three years, uh, just the character, I mean. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it felt like... It was in the same tone. She hasn't changed the character that dramatically. It felt like we were just, like, right where we left off to me. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. Uh, it, what was funny is that she still had all of her quirks. Yeah. She was a bit more mature, but still quirky, still um, a little bit more outgoing, but still not up to date with the world. Um, but I feel I, like I really we, it's like her universe, and she she doesn't need all the rest of the world. She's just like happy in her own world her own bubble. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And but I, I like that her career has really taken off, and she's a successful producer. But um, in in order to portray you know such a producer, new segment producer, that Renee Zellweger actually spent time at Good Morning Britain. Yeah. Shadowing. I think that's so, like, that's great research and just, it must have been such an interesting experience because I I would imagine they really are producing a newscast every day. And, like, I think that that's probably the most fun part of being an actor, I would imagine, is getting to learn new skills Mm -hmm. and, like, go and see parts of the world that, like, other people don't have access to every day. Like, 
you can't just decide like one day like I'm gonna go do this yeah and like you get to do these amazing things and meet amazing people who are the best at what they do I I love it and I loved how she took the time to actually go there because what some people would do for maybe like three hours just to like understand the feel of it she did for three weeks yeah and she had such a fun time with the cast and crew, or like the crew there at Good Morning Britain, that she actually invited the crew to be in the film. Oh, that's so exciting! Yeah, when I was uh, like, I think they were some of the people when you see her like producing in yep. the background. There's yeah. actually Good Morning Britain crew members, um, which I, I really liked. The, the um, so I, I like that her character is still like art imitates life you know yeah and i liked again that they seemed very into honoring england and london and and had all of these things that are maybe stereotypical of that area but um really fun to see them kind of play that up Mm -hmm, she's mm -hmm. british and she kind of owns it and i love that is british and every time i watch these films i always forget that she's American, mm-hmm. playing a British, and her, even her British accent, you know, came back. And one of the funny things that I found interesting was that during filming, that Renee actually kept her British accent between takes because she said it was too tiresome to keep switching between American and British. Yeah. I would imagine it's even more difficult when in this film you have somebody like a Patrick Dempsey who's playing an American. Mm-hmm. Um and you are, like, that's your natural accent, and you have to play opposite that and be in this other accent, where if everybody around you is doing an English accent, that makes it easier. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's fun because uh, even in interviews and whatnot, when she was with, you know, British interviewers, like, she switched to the British accent. And if she was from someone with Texas, she's born in Texas and whatnot, she would switch her Texas draw would come back. So and she I feel like she's an actress that quickly can switch on a dime. That's awesome. I mean, <laughs> yeah. super talented. It's, I mean, like, she is an Academy Award winning. She she's very talented, but uh yeah, she she was very excited to do this role again and she said that um she this film uh, based on your notes, mm-hmm. uh, you you want to mention that the first the first film released 6 years ago. But she originally had filmed two movies prior to this film. Yeah, so they'll be uh, out in 2017. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Those are the ones you mentioned before, right? Yes. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, which I I really enjoyed this. And the fact that her character also took that physical evolution of being pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, This amazing, like, all the prosthetic belly wow like yeah because you you normally it when somebody's in a, with a prosthetic belly don't actually see the belly it's often mm-hmm. covered and they showed that frequently when she was like in the doctor's office and i think even at other points you saw a bit of her belly yeah they and they said the prosthetic belly was actually full solid latex mm. and it weighed about 60 pounds they said Wow. So, yeah, that's that's real acting carrying around that weight. I was going to say, that is um, some physical effort. For, <laughs> yeah. Um, I love the moment when the two guys, not to jump too far ahead, but the two guys at the end were carrying her. Yeah. <laughs> delivery, and they're like, whoa. And now, now knowing the fact that that was a real prosthetic belly with the extra added weight, yeah, that had to have been physically uh, Yeah, because when you see it, you're like, oh, they have to be thinking this is so stupid because, like, she is so tiny. Like, mm-hmm. they can just lift her easily, I would imagine. And when you hear 60 pounds added, yeah, that would change that. Yeah. Um, I love the, the character growth with Bridget because we see in the first, f- first and second film that Bridget's always, like, writing down, like, her ideal goal weight that she wants to do. She wants to do X, Y, and Z in her life and then, like, when something goes wrong, she didn't hit that goal. She just, like, hit rock bottom, start over again. And I liked at the beginning of this film, she hit her ideal weight. I agree with you. Yeah, they talked about that they they really thought about that. If they wanted her to have hit it, or was she still struggling with it? And ultimately, I believe one of the producers talked about that... Um, that they really wanted her to be her ideal weight, which is, like, a UK size 10 to 12, I guess, which I'm not sure exactly the translation between a UK size and a U. American. But we'll have to do a little more research (laughs) on that. But I thought it was interesting that they, like, knew what it was, and, like, and she looked great in the film. 
Yeah, she she looks phenomenal, and I think that's what's also just great about Renee Zellweger too. Like she she looks healthy, yeah. she looks happy, and that and I think that definitely reflected in Bridget too that she mm-hmm. is in a better state right now. Yeah. Yes, she doesn't know all about. She doesn't have the best love life right now, but she physically like she worked on herself to be happy. Yeah, like yeah, I I agree with you, and I I kind of got the sense and. It's interesting, they didn't go this way with the story, but in a way, it was almost like she didn't need a guy anymore. Like, mm-hmm. like at the beginning of the story, I was like, is it going to end with her, like, not choosing either of them? And I was like, that would be a crazy way to go, but, and, and it, spoiler alert, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> she chooses a guy. It wouldn't be a romantic comedy. Yeah, but, like, it was, it's just interesting, because she seemed okay with herself for the first time, at least in these films. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. But overall, I loved Renee's performance, and I think she's an amazing actress. And I, I love the fact that she can go back to this character because it really, I feel. I mean, she's done a lot of successful movies even before Bridget Jones. Yeah. But uh, to come back to a now iconic character in the romantic comedy space, I think is just great that she can do that. And want to be this character again. I, I agree with that. Um, I think she's she's done really dramatic work and, and, you know, things that are really dark. And then to be able to kind of come back to this. And this must feel like, I would imagine, like, obviously hard work. We mentioned 60-pound prosthetic mm-hmm. belly. Hard work and not taking anything away from this story. But it's light and fun and probably a different mind space, I would imagine, than where you have to be for these darker films. Yes. Let's talk about Colin Firth. I love Colin Firth. I've seen so many of his movies. I watched four Colin Firth movies in the past week. That's true. Wow. Um, I'm just a big fan of Colin Firth. I was going to say, that's impressive, Marissa. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, but Mark Darcy, his character, um, always fun, especially from like the first and second film and this one. But I just love Mark Darcy. Yeah, I um, I really like him. I had trouble, uh, not to jump ahead, and I want to talk more about Colin Firth in a second, but mm-hmm. I had trouble in this movie, and I don't know if I'm alone in this, I ultimately could guess which one she was going to choose. Like, this was not unclear to me, but, like, if I was Bridget Jones, I had trouble deciding which one I would, like, want to be with. Like, I could see goods and bads in her position to both men. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, And I think they did a great job at that, because sometimes it's so obvious. You're like, of course it's going to be. And this, they at least made it seem like, oh, there's a possibility, like, Mm -hmm. of something else. Not that it wasn't still clear. <laughs> well, and I think if you're also a fan of just the, the franchise now, and if you watch the first and second one, you just know the character of Mark Darcy. Yes, he's very serious in that British way, not to sound, like, terrible, but, but he's very, like, straightforward, a little bit stoic, but his character always loved Bridget. And we even learned from the first one, like, loved her from the start, like, who she is, and just always loved Bridget as a person from the start. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. I think, um, yeah, you see the difference between him and Jack in this film so clearly when he's like, basically says, like, I don't care if this baby's mine, his, whatever, like, I'm going to love you regardless. Mm-hmm. And then you have Jack who she's like, well, what if the baby's not yours? And he's like, well, that would change things. And it, Literally yeah, all like, you need to know. Like, th- that alone, you knew where they stood. Yeah. And even the moment when Mark Darcy found out that she was pregnant, and yeah. he goes away for a minute and comes back, he's like, this is the happiest moment of my life. I was like, oh, that was a genuine moment for his character. Yeah, where you definitely see uh, Jack struggle more mm-hmm. um, with it, and then come around, and in some ways outwardly seem more supportive you could say like he's trying to be there for her but I'm not sure if he's really there for her or the baby and that was something that I thought about over and over and over again I wasn't sure where it's always clear that um Mark was there for both the baby and her yeah and we'll definitely get into Jack a little bit more but uh on Colin Firth that character of you know Mark Darcy was actually killed off in the 
third Bridget Jones novel, Mad About the Boy, by Helen Fielding. So that's where, you know, the film took its creative license, bringing back. Yeah. <laughs> or not really, I mean, I, he didn't really die in the movies. I but. was going to say, like, I feel like if they killed off Mark, <gasps> it would be... An outrage. Like, people would be really upset. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I would be. really upset. Because I, I think there was even a little bit, uh, like, and we can talk about this later as well, but um, Hugh... Um, uh, Hugh, Hugh Grant, Grant. Uh, was not back for this movie, and I had friends who were like, oh, I really wanted Hugh Grant to be back, so, you know, it, it's interesting. I liked I liked that they introduced the new character, though, of Jack. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And uh, even Colin Firth thought, you know, with all the revisions and whatnot, he thought, it, you know, it was the right time to do it, and it was the, the right circumstance, and it was definitely worthwhile. And I like that that he was still on board for this character, who you know over the course of fifteen years now, um, still in love with Bridget. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where like you see, even though their lives have gone separate directions, he was married, all these things. Um, somewhere deep down, there were still feelings there. On I think on both ends of yeah. this relationship. Because even yeah, on the second film, they end up together, Mark and. Bridget, but at the beginning of the third one, you realize that Bridget's single. I'm like, what happened? Yeah. And I liked how there were their quick flashback moments of like every time they were together, Mark was away on work. And yeah, I mean, you you see, she really needs, I think, somebody who, especially in the first and second films, who was like present there for her. And at moments, he wasn't. And to be able now, you see him like rush to her in the hospital, he's realizing that he has to make her a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love Colin Firth. <laughs> so I, I was definitely on board for his character. I was going to say, I was like, we knew who you were picking <laughs> from the get-go. From the start, from the start. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about Jack Quant, the new guy in town, The Pat- Patrick Dempsey, though. He's so dreamy. Hence McDreamy. <laughs> yeah, Grey's Anatomy. I mean, but but I like the fact that they brought you know American a but he was charming. He wasn't that typical villain that you think the third guy would be. No, not at all. And I this I believe is his first film after leaving Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Um, and it you know he's still that dreamy guy, and mm-hmm. you can understand where I feel like this again. Clearly, it was going to be Mr. Darcy. They have the history, and in, the, in these kinds of films, it always goes that way. But they made a real contender in Jack, and I appreciated that. He is so charming. Um, he's smart. You see him. He's a billionaire. Like, they gave her a real option. Like, if she mm-hmm. was done with the past, you could understand her choosing Jack. Like, I felt like. That wouldn't be a crazy thought. Where, like, sometimes they make the other guy and you're like, yeah, she's never choosing him. Yeah, exactly. Like, I loved how they built up Jack to be, like, he's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. How can you not be with him, Bridget? Yeah. And the fact that he even has a quotient. What, what do you call it? It was, yeah, <laughs> like, his, his, his name's Jack. Yeah, it's like a, a dating... <laughs> uh, like, algorithm. Yeah, algorithm. I don't do math. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, an algorithm that can, like, pretty much rate how compatible you are with people. I mean, that sounds like eHarmony or something. <laughs> but the fact that, like, yes, he's charming. He he knows love, per se, due to this app. But, like, does he himself really know love? Well, I think what was so interesting in the film is you know that um, Bridget always acts in like with her heart like everything Mm -hmm. she does is kind of with her heart not necessarily always her mind and he was the exact opposite and at one point she says in the film well maybe opposites attract Attract. and you could see how she's an opposite to both guys in a lot of ways in different ways like she always was in love with mr darcy but you can see that like the way they operate are completely different and it was it, it was just an interesting to have two equals kind of to her. Yeah, I really enjoyed that too because even Sharon McGuire, uh, the director, said that during a lot of test shootings and whatnot and test results that they that the audience who who Bridget was going to choose at the end was still fifty fifty. Like they 
were okay with being with Jack or Mark. Yeah. So, yeah, it like, I think, you know, Jack was a really good uh, adversary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think somehow still likable at the end of the film. And we'll get to the end, I'm sure. But, oh, yeah. like, the fact that he, like, is still there for them and doesn't storm away is kind of, you, you're, like, charmed. At least I was yeah, charmed like he's by not it. the villain that yeah. you might expect him to be. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and packed it Dempsey back in t- September 2015, so a year ago now, he actually, on his Instagram account, confirmed that he was going to be a part of this film, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. I mean, yeah, I'm, I feel like this is a film that we got so many paparazzi shots of. I feel like I saw so yeah. many on set. So many. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. Um, but I think because the Bridget Jones, there's... They're really big films in the UK. I mean, yeah. hence it does take place in the UK, but like they track very well in the UK. Right. So once you know they went up and to production again, yeah, they're going to be all over it. So. Yeah, it, I, I actually enjoyed the the behind the scenes photos and stuff. I agree, and we got to see photos. I think of Patrick Dempsey with his family at times, and it was mm-hmm. just exciting. So yeah, let's talk about Emma Thompson a little bit. Yeah, Doctor Rawlings. Yeah. Again, a surprising role for her, I feel like. Mm. Not where I anticipated her being, but really fun. And um, I like she had some of the best one-liners in this movie. So many, like, (laughs) just, like, super judgy, but also, like, but ultimately all about, like, the best thing for Bridget. Mm -hmm. Like, judgy, but, like... Let's make sure you're okay in the end of this. Absolutely, yeah. I like that, too, because, yeah, you're going to make snap judgments about someone who might have two potential fathers in that situation. But at the end, like, even her character progressed a little bit because she even kind of got excited. Like, let's find out who the father is, shall we? Like, she was really on board for Bridget. I really wanted her to, like, have a dream or whatever of, like, a game show of, like, who the father was. I feel like there was, like, a moment in there where they were, like, going away to have the test done, both the guys after she had the baby, and I was like, I want her to just, like, have a dream of them, like... (laughs) Who is it? Maybe your dreams have all the answers to what you really need in life. Hmm. That's deep. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe, but, uh... Uh, let's a little bit talk about just the parents real quick yeah um i I love how both of them are still there especially from the first and second film that they came back for this one different places but they're still kind of the same quirky characters that they are you understand how bridget is bridget when you see her parents and i felt like it was the same in this movie you you get like, how her mother is and how her father and how this could happen and make somebody who's just like Bridget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They, I, I love the mothers and uh, her campaign that she yeah. was running for. The worst campaign <laughs> slogan of all time. Let's be honest here. It was like, I support, like, you're just like, and then it was longer. The revision was even longer. And yep. you're just like, keep it short. No, nope. that's the whole point. Is. Short and sweet. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, but I liked how Bridget, like, really inspired her campaign at the end. It was like, I'm going to be what you are for, you know? Yeah. Like mothers. Yeah, because you, you think that uh, like her mother's really going to struggle with it and not accept her being a, a mm-hmm. single mother or not knowing who the father is. And then you, um, you see her really embrace it. And that was so exciting and something that, like... I don't know, made me smile. <laughs> right, embrace the, the motherhood that Bridget is about to go to, but like also embrace the other kind of yeah communities that you don't think the mother would be a part of. Yeah, like in the U.S. we would say almost like a switch between a Republican and a Democrat. Yeah. Um, but obviously in the U.K., different. But. D- different, but like the fact that the mother was even hanging around like different types of people in different cultures and yeah. personalities. Um, I really enjoyed that. And then the father, um, Jim Broadbent, he's just fantastic as an actor himself as well. But uh, I liked how he came back a little bit uh, out, you know, like slightly out of character, but still kind of still true. And, yeah. that, and that father role to, to Bridget that she always needed. Yeah, I mean, I think he's somebody that she turns to. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot. She he go, she goes to him first with this news. He and then she takes a little longer to tell them. I <laughs> tell love. The mother. <laughs> I also love that she was like 
pretty showing, like predominantly showing. And then she's like, yep, this is happening. And I was like, way to announce. Like, that's (laughs) amazing to uh, her mother. Because I feel like your mother is normally the person you go to first with these kinds of things. Yeah, maybe. But, like, also it was, like, the wrong place, wrong time to also announce it to you. Absolutely. It was, like, her campaign, Mm -hmm. like rally yeah like about when she's about to go on stage like no it's timing Bridget yeah (laughs) it's the timing I feel like she doesn't always understand that and she um you know she uses her job to get um Jack back like she doesn't always have the strongest of judgments (laughs) the roundabout ways to do something yeah um, which I always enjoy Bridget for but let's talk a little bit about the directing Cher McGuire who actually directed the first one Bridget Jones's Diary, not the second one, but she came back for the third one. Which you sometimes see with directors. I mm-hmm. feel like sometimes they skip out on the second and then want to end the series the way they imagined it. And I don't know if this is the end for this. There could be a fourth. There but, could be. <laughs> but, um, like, I think that this movie needed kind of the vision of the first. If it was a mediocre film, and not to say the second was mediocre at all, but... Right. but um, I thought the second one had a different tone. Yeah, I the think they one. needed to bring it back kind of to what the original was. Yeah, bring it back to the roots. Um, definitely had the, the same mindset of where Bridget was still struggling in the first one. Bridget's still struggling in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, really enjoyed. But, yeah, because Sharon and Renee actually have a really good working relationship, too, that in this film, because it's been a while, that they actually worked out, like, all the minute details of what Bridget Jones would be like in today's society. Like, how much... Would she make as a news producer, like, her income yeah. down to, like, where she'd be living and, like, the just the neighborhood that she'd be living in? Like, could she afford this flat, yeah. you know, based on her income? And I loved her flat, just on a, like, side note. I thought it was so cute. Like, yeah. and I think she helped with some of, Renee helped with some of the interior design of the flat. And she when did. I read that in the research or when I was doing research for this and discovered that, I was like, oh, that's actually really cool. Like, because I think that a lot of times you hear actors say, like, oh, yeah, this is nothing like what I would choose. And, like, Mm -hmm. to understand your character and be able to do and choose and have that kind of be an element of the film is really exciting. Yeah, and it just shows, like, how devoted Renee was to this character. That, like, she loved this character so much that she herself picked out what the character would like. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. But, the, yeah, just the production aspect of this film um, takes place in the UK, as it usually does. Yes. Uh, but, they, yeah, principal photography began in October in um, 2015, so about a year ago, 11 years after the the last film Mm -hmm. but they they filmed them like all over the uk though yeah um so it looked like they also filmed a little bit of ed sheeran's live show at um in dublin in crook park oh cool and so uh the in july 2015 so before they started principal photography in october of that same year oh wow so that was that was even beforehand very neat very neat and then, yeah, and they also filmed at the the Pinewood Studios, which is very, um, ma- ma- yeah, ma- very famous studios over the UK. A lot of films and television shows filmed there as well. But um, all, yeah, all over uh, the UK, England, Oxfordshire, Woolwich, Glastonbury f- festival scene, which you were mentioning. So yeah, all over the UK, and I definitely got the the vastness of the movie. Yeah. Absolutely. It felt like you, like London and the UK in so many ways were a character in this film. And we we say it a lot on on these shows, but when they can do that, it really does add an element to it. And it doesn't feel like, oh, they filmed this on the Fox lot. Oh, cool. (laughs) Like Like some movies you're like, yeah, I know exactly where they filmed that. Yeah. And like maybe that's a benefit of living in LA that you're like, oh yeah, that's downtown LA. That is certainly not New York City. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But this film, like to go to these places and and have it be as real as possible Mm -hmm. um, was, I think, really a cool element of the film. 
Yeah, very neat. And the cool thing also is that because it's UK, the the weather's also very different than mm. it is in sunny LA. Yeah. And uh, they actually started filming at the beginning of the winter, and a lot of storms were brewing around that yeah. time. Uh, I believe Sharon McGuire, she said, uh, we started filming at the beginning of the winter, which we really shouldn't have done because you need long nice sunny days yes you do and uh but nearly every time we took the camera outside there was a storm with the name storm howard or storm clifford or some other bloody storm would turn up yeah and- i mean can you, i i think that part of the reason obviously the story was that she fell in the mud at a thing like the music festival but yeah. they talk about that they filmed uh that scene in or the music festival scenes in the winter time and so you can imagine how muddy and just like gross it was to be like music festivals are meant for summer and yeah. <laughs> especially in the UK i would imagine mm-hmm. so to do that in the winter it was probably not the easiest part of the shoot i would imagine (laughs) yeah definitely not and i can't imagine how cold it was also filming yeah but props to them um it looked gorgeous though like even at night when during the whole scene where during when she's going through labor and the guys are carrying her down the street that i think they there was that shot where they were over the bridge like all the pretty lights behind them it looked gorgeous yeah i mean really a well shot film overall everything from the music festival to these more intimate scenes in the hospital you really kind of went on her story and just sometimes there's awkward shots and this there was not awkward shots (laughs) no no but like even the the news segments you know when they were at the studios that looked cool and like the presentation that she had to do that (laughs) <laughs> was embarrassing for her with the live streaming. Oh, yeah. You, know, you, know. you can't have everyone live streaming live on television. It does not, will not end well yeah. for you. No, it's yeah. a good concept. Execution-wise, not so much. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the editing a bit. This was, I mean, it was a fairly long yeah, movie. Yeah, I think it stretched just over two hours. Yeah, it's a little bit over two hours for a romantic comedy. That is a little bit longer for just a comedy film itself. But they actually filmed three different endings to this film. I want to know, I mean, I think I know the answer already to this, but who did you, obviously you wanted her to choose Mr. Darcy. Mm -hmm. Were you happy with the way the film ended? Absolutely. Yes. Entirely. Because just watching the first two films, and people have already fell in love with Mark, and we know Mark has already been in love with Bridget Jones this whole time, it just made sense that those two are just meant to be together after all these years. Yeah, I liked this ending. I thought it was interesting. Uh, the one part that I had, like, not a question about, but just, like, I don't know that I loved, was I kind of wanted them all to be in a group. At the very, very end of the film, uh, Mr. Darcy and Jack go off and have a conversation, and mm-hmm. then you see Renee holding... or um, <laughs> Bridget. Bridget holding uh, the baby by her and walking by herself and and I understood that in some capacities but mm-hmm. in another sense I was like you kind of did this all as a group why not end it as a, as group? a group but I like who she chose overall I was very happy with the ending I just wa- like I think it was that final shot I just wanted them all as a group like to be uh, yeah. yeah but I liked how the ending it was it was her and the baby yeah like, because if you think about it the movie is it's called Bridget yeah so it, it makes sense that it ended Bridget, that, but, that's fair totally yeah. i think just when i was watching it i was like oh it would be sweet if it was like more of a group but props to jack for for staying there and still being friends with them that was yeah. the other big takeaway I was, like, I was like that's really like very sweet it's like i feel like in situations like that the the third guy wouldn't stick around yeah and i like how his character is so charming and likable in certain ways that like and he did truly like like Bridget and always cared for her well-being to the fact that he just wanted to stick around and kind of be considered family. Yeah, did did you think uh, they kind of do a, they try to throw the audience off where they have uh, Jack holding the baby uh, during, the, during we- the wedding. Did yeah. you think it was Jack's baby at that point? I, I did, actually, but I was like, but she's marrying. Yeah, I mean, I I think I knew from the beginning that it was going to be Mr. Darcy that she married. Mm-hmm. But I actually think it would be an interesting twist, and you could have a whole other movie if you made okay. it Jack's baby. But I think people are probably satisfied with the way it went. Um, yeah, I'm very satisfied, and the 
Uh, and I like the fact that they did film three alternate endings. Yeah. And even the cast didn't even know how it was going to end. I'm kind of curious. I hope that on the DVD or, like, the digital release uh. that they actually put out the three endings. Because I'm kind of curious what the differences was. Was one that Jack was, Jack was the, father. the father? Like, I can't imagine they, they filmed... Maybe they did film one where he, she chose Jack just to throw people off. Yeah. Who knows? It's really. It would be yeah. interesting to know what the other on. Yeah, were. I think it was very smart because even Sharon said we purposely filmed three endings because mm-hmm. of social media nowadays uh, and like everyone following them, the paparazzi were always there. Yeah. Um, like they didn't know who would slip up if yeah. they had one definitive ending, so they filmed a lot. And even Renee Zellweger was like, "I'm kind of glad I didn't know because I'd be afraid I." would tell the ending to my mom on a conversation phone or something. I was going to say, also, it probably made it easier for the cast to do press because I think when you have that kind of ending, you you could slip up so easily and to not know probably was helpful. Obviously, they yeah. probably screened it a little sooner, so maybe they they knew when they were doing press. Who knows? Yeah. I want to see what's left on the DVD features because mm-hmm. I'm definitely buying this one. <laughs> um, but they... Sharon McGuire said that they filmed over like three, there there was like three and a half hours worth of content that they had to cut down to two hours. Wow. You could do a real extended film. So like what's left on the cutting room floor, I want to see. Yeah. I mean, I hope that they really do. It would be so fun to have a like extended version or cut scenes, however they want to do it. But I, I mm-hmm. hope that you get a little bit more because I did feel like at two hours, this movie Sometimes a two-hour film drags for me, and this didn't drag for me. It was a really fun... It, it, I didn't, like, wasn't looking at my cell phone to figure out the time, wasn't doing yeah. any of that. Like, I was I was invested. Me neither. And I'm like, I, I felt like there wasn't a scene that was, like, too long or, like, all right, let's move on, you know. But yeah. like, I felt everything was very straightforward, even, like, the, the people that she was always interacting, whether it be her family or her friends. Yeah. Like, I, I always enjoyed when she's with her friends. I think also the story moved along at a pretty rapid pace. It wasn't like, oh, we're stuck. Oh, she's at, you know, three months long. Oh, now she's having the baby. Like, mm-hmm. because of you had this time frame of the pregnancy, the story did really have a nice arc to it. Yes. Yes, definitely. Let's talk about the music as I think what Bridget Jones movie itself you know um do so well is just have like related more pop culture timely kind of music i I agree but it doesn't deter the movie i i totally agree with that for me i mean we've talked about him already but there were so many fun songs in this movie but the ed sheeran performance and getting that especially i think he does one by the campfire as well and so fun to have him in this movie and like it felt like a really fun addition and something again that was so 2016 he's so much in pop culture right now Mm -hmm. um but yeah overall like as you said sometimes pop music takes away from a film and this it feels like it fits it like fits in um bridget's world yeah, and I liked even in the beginning of this film, kind of evolved from the first movie to this one because we see her opening up on All By Myself again, which like was a very memorable scene from the first film. But mm-hmm. the fact that she changed it to House of Pain's Jump, yeah, you know, and uh, but still like those are fun, timely songs as well, but still relevant and still what we know Bridget is, um, and even the the music uh, Ellie Golden. I mean, she's a big artist right yeah. now. Like, she had two songs in this film. Yeah. Just for this film. And I also like, even in the in a lot of the music, they, again, go back and are honoring that, like, UK-British, um, like, pop culture scene. Because um, Ed Sheeran, Ellie Goulding, both British artists. So you're getting a lot of that, even in the music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... A little bit about the promotion for this film. Back in October 2015, the the studio, Working Titles, you know, who's in charge of distribution of this film, um, they gave us the first glimpse of Renee as Bridget Jones, complete with the iPad. So that was the promotional photo. That's of awesome. Bridget Jones with the yeah. iPad. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I just thought what a fun way to update. Like, she still has the diary, mm-hmm. but yeah, really sweet and fun. And I know they also premiered the trailer for this. Um, I feel like only the biggest movies get these kinds of uh, premieres for trailers. Uh, Renee was on um, Ellen DeGeneres' show uh, um, premiering the trailer. So it definitely <laughs> had a long lead 
publicity wise. Like I've known about this film, I feel like for like a year and a half, maybe. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I feel like I knew about it. They said like it was going into production. I remember reading it in like trade publications, Hollywood Reporter, what have you, back then. And then you saw the paparazzi shot. So I think the awareness of this film and like at least amongst like my girlfriends, super like super excited about it. Yeah, it's very super excited. I was very super excited because I've always been a fan of the films. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, obviously, Colin Firth and Patrick Dempsey. So, like, I followed their lives and, like, I knew that they were doing this film. So I'm very, I'm happy that it's finally out and we finally see it after waiting for so long. I mean, not just from, like, the year of just the announcement of the movie being filmed again, but, like, just the hiatus from now and from... And yeah, reason. and I feel like all these actors were interviewed at various points over the last 11 years, and they were like, at points they were like, yeah, it's going to happen. At other points they were like, we're not sure, like maybe. And I think um, it was Colin Firth who said like, it could be her grandkids by the time we get this movie <laughs> made. So I don't know that like at some point if fans were like, waiting with bated breath. I know, like, at some point I was like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen, but I'm so happy that it did, and then it made me so excited when it went into production. Yes, yes. And, you know, it seems like the fans are very excited because it this film had a $35 million budget, and the opening weekend was around $11, 12000000 million, but worldwide it's made, like, $40, 41000000 million so far. Yeah, I mean, and that's great because we're talking about we're essentially a week into its release, and, like... You know if a film's making $11 million, they always say that, um, like, they make w- whatever you make in the box office, you essentially, uh, opening weekend, will make in, mm-hmm. like, in DVD sales as well. So this film is doing very well, I would say, in, in the U.S. market and worldwide. That's phenomenal. You've yeah. already made it back. It's doing great in the U.K., as expected. Um, but, like, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, for a rom-com, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, um, but like not substantial, like big Star Wars or you know just big Marvel movie franchises and whatnot. But like that's a very decent number. I don't think like a rom com you can have the same standard as like yeah, no, you know you like an Avatar. Like those are two very different <laughs> right. films, and like or Marvel anything like that. Like it's gonna have a different audience it has a different appeal Mm -hmm. um some of those marvel films are more multi-quadrant in terms of audience and this is definitely it has a target demographic (laughs) like and i I don't even know that younger teenagers are necessarily into it i think it's like the people who have seen these films before and probably you're talking about millennials into like i say from like the 25 to 50 year old female demographic yeah which we fall into yeah exactly (laughs) we're right there (laughs) we're we're definitely there but you know the reception has been great for this film imdb gives it 7.5 and cinema score is a little bit lower with b plus but rotten tomatoes is still like 77 percent and yeah i mean i i feel like a b plus movie um or like 78 percent like you can't complain about that that's like a fun again i go back to it's just a fun i know it was released in september and we're now in fall but it is a fun summer movie that's like the Mm -hmm. best description it's light it's fun relatable i just really enjoyed it yeah definitely relatable um i love that bridget kind of has her life together now Mm -hmm. and do you think there'll be a sequel now knowing that Daniel Cleaver is alive yeah I mean I think that was like a big reveal at the end for sure I don't know that everyone I, I certainly didn't expect that um I didn't expect it either because uh Hugh Grant who actually turned down you know yeah. this film he's at the beginning of production Grant said he wouldn't return because he said quote I decided not to do it um, I believe that they're going to go ahead and do it without Daniel, which they did. And But he said the book's excellent, by the way, but the script is completely different. And, well, the script, as I saw it, lasts a few years ago. Um, so that goes with, like, how many revisions this yeah. film went through. I, I To answer your question about the sequel, um, I'm not sure. I, they definitely left the door open for one. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would love it if they did. I'm not sure what that movie would be. Would that be baby number two with with Hugh coming back? Or she'd have, like, three guys in her life. Yeah. You have Mark and Jack and, and Daniel come back. Or is, unfortunately, their marriage struggling? Like, there's only a few places you can kind of 
take this. And mm-hmm. I would have to read more of the books, maybe, and more of the columns to see if there's a place to go with it. Uh, but they definitely left the door open for all of them to be in a film. Definitely. And I'm like, I, I'm glad that the whole cast came back to, we had the parents come back, the friends come back. Um, yeah. So it seemed like everyone was on board for this film. But so for these three films, what have been some of your favorite moments that you could pick out? So, it's so hard to choose favorites. I really enjoyed just seeing where she was after all this time. It's a character that I love and have always really enjoyed. And um, to see her now, 43 years old, and kind of, yes, lonely at times, but really figuring out her her life was really exciting to me in this film. So I have to go with that. I really enjoyed the third film. And that, like, I love that we're seeing kind of this, like, return of Bridget. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I love that she's still around. She's still kicking. She's still being awesome. <laughs> that would be the most depressing thing ever if she, <laughs> if she wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is the great thing with this film. It's like a movie you can watch with your family, with your friends. Yeah. You no, know, just enjoy dinner. It's also great. <laughs> I feel like you can rewatch this film over and over and over again. Like, oh, yeah. Like I'm definitely gonna own it. It's one of those movies where like. If you're just, like, around your apartment, you can totally turn it on and it'll make you smile. Oh, yeah. And you're around your apartment and, you know, watch friends, uh, watch with friends, have dinner and stuff. But uh, one question for you, Stephanie. Do you cook? I do cook. Do you? Yes. Um, like, uh, see, I myself am not a cook. And Bridget herself, she's not a cook either because mm. we even learned from the first film that uh remember when she was making the pasta and it was all blue yeah oh yes totally yeah that's something i would do because <laughs> i when it comes to numbers and cooking measurements it's so not my thing but this thing that could actually help me blue apron yeah it's amazing have you tried it it's i have not but i certainly want to so if you guys don't know blue apron is an amazing company that we work with and they actually have like this awesome program where they can send you food in like perfect proportions Mm -hmm. right to your doorstep it's so fun it's also if you are a cook they'll like it gets you out of like if there's like five things you always make you can try new recipes they send you all the ingredients to your door um we use it for our girls night so like when we all cook together and we use blue apron and we're obsessed oh yeah it's i mean and the great thing with bridget jones it's definitely a girls night and uh, it'll help me because i don't cook but some of the meals that they actually offer are some things like paprika spiced shrimp and cheddar grits with tomato and sweet corn, which sounds fantastic. Yeah. Spicy hosen chicken stir fry. I mean, I love stir fry. Stir yeah. fry is awesome. Eggplant and chickpea tangine with island pepper tomatoes. Couscous. I mean, yeah. foods that I can't even pronounce, but yeah. still sound delicious. And the yeah, the great thing with Blue Apron that they actually have this awesome deal going on, where is if you sign up at blueapron.com/anatomy, use anatomy promo code blueapron.com/anatomy, you can get for less than ten meals, uh, ten dollars per meal. Um, you, know, you can get the food sent to your house. It's a great deal. It's so much fun, and you, I think they have meals for, like, two or four, and just really fun for your family, friends, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the you can get your first three meals free. Wow, that's awesome. Yes, if you go to blueapron.com slash anatomy and get the first three meals free, with free shipping, no less, too. So that's free food to your door. <laughs> I mean, shoot. And, and they help you cook. They're like, why have I not used it before? But I'm definitely using it now. Yeah. It's uh, it's great. Lots of pictures to help you like know what you're doing. And I'm Perfect. such a visual learner because I, yeah. I don't do numbers and measurements, but Blue Apron is so up my alley. And I think Bridget would use it, too. Agreed. Blue, we'll There's no reason not to. to. Go to blueapron.com. Use mm-hmm. Anatomy. But overall, I really enjoyed this film. Yeah. Definitely gonna buy this because I own the first two films. Yeah, know, already. So I'm gonna. I just thought third. it was so fun. Like you know, the premise. You're like, okay, yeah, all right. It's gonna be her with two baby daddies. But they made it a really fun film. There's so many laughs in it, and I keep coming back to this word. But I really like related to this character more than I did 11 years ago. I mm-hmm. think that like 
it's just fun to watch. And and a lot of times there's movies that are more serious or whatever. And, and this is just like light and enjoyable. Yeah, I definitely relate to Bridget now because, you know, I was a kid when the first one came out. Mm-hmm. But I recently watched Bridget Jones' Diary, the first one, again. I was like, oh my God, this is my life. <laughs> it's very scary. And like, especially when she was like by herself singing. I was like, yeah, I kind of know what that's like on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, but definitely relatable and enjoyable. So, overall, I loved it, and I hope you guys did too. Let us know in the comments, and uh, what other films we're looking forward to seeing in the future for Renee. So, like, she's coming back. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see what this next chapter is going to look like for her. I I think it's going to be really great. If this is the start, like, there's... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Like, and we know she's already amazing, Um, so, like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what else she has coming down the pipeline. Yeah. But in the meantime, where can everyone keep following you? You can follow me at Stephanie Wanger on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us here on Facebook, Instagram, all those fun social media platforms at The Popcorn Talk. Definitely check out Anatomy of Movies. We've done so many movies now. Yeah. A bunch of rom-coms, a bunch of action. All, all, the all your summer flicks. Yeah. Yep, definitely. And we're coming upon the Oscar season, so there's a lot of movies um, coming up for us. But thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed Bridget Jones' Baby. And we will see you next time. See you all soon. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the rest of the Anatomy of a Movie staff, we would like to thank you for listening and subscribing to the show. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email or tweet us. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been Anatomy of a Movie. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principal.